Well, we are in, in week two of Advent, and Advent really is the longing for the coming of Christ. It's essentially what Advent is, a celebration of coming. And, and we celebrate that not only that Christ came to this world originally, but we long for and expect and wait with hopeful expe- expectation the coming of Christ again. And so it's a second coming. The, the re- and, and upon his second coming is when he'll bring restoration, full restoration to all of these things. Um, that, that we experience. And, and, and really, so this week is, is love and, and how love is really going to be engaging this type of a story uh, for us. And, and really, all throughout the, the entire New Testament, Paul, the Apostle Paul, really just one of the first sort of cheerleaders and pl- church planners and um, just the guy that's, that was a, a big leader in the New Testament church. Um, the number one uh, essence of the church that he used to talk about all the time was love, was love, and and this is this is actually kind of why it's actually, it's really kind of you know kind of crazy. We th- we think about churches in the first century. We some people call them house churches. You know, right after Jesus leaves the earth, and 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 people begin to form these little churches that where where people are ex- experiencing the life of Christ and life change and all these sorts of things. They they met in these little things called house churches. Sometimes we think, all right, you know, everyone gets their favorite sweaters, the LL Bean slippers and tea, and we're talking about Jesus by the fire, right? Sometimes we get that that image in our head, because that's, some, that's sometimes what we do. But in all reality, these house churches were really more public buildings. They had some residencies in them, but they also had stores, and you have to think almost like a storefront type of a building, where you have stores on one's part, and maybe some, you know, residences up above, but you had this big room where people would be meeting together as the church. And so you'd have people gathering together and doing all these things and experiencing Christ. And, and people would be coming, walking in like for work at you know, Sunday morning at 9 a.m. They're like, what in the world is going on over here? Like something's happening. And, and you had all these people um, that, were, that were used to a culture where, where classes didn't talk to each other. So slaves uh, didn't talk to free people. Like there's just like a split there, and and Jews and Gentiles they were different, and like all of the differences were celebrated in this way that made them starkly uh, opposed to each other. And so yet for Paul though he takes this idea, and he allows it to find a way into the New Testament church, this gospel-centered reality of community where he says that there is no male or female, there is no slave or free, there is no Jew or Gentile. In, in, in three of his letters, he says this is this new humanity, this new community that the church is talking about. No longer based off our socioeconomics, no longer based off of our genders, no longer based off of, um, of where we're coming from, no longer based off of our race, nothing. It's based off this, this reality that Jesus is now the Lord of our life. But they had to experience love in this major way where they would sit down at a table, a free person and a slave. And this new reality came to them. How do you worship with this understanding that this person is so different than you? And so you, in the, all throughout the New Testament church, love was the essence of the church. It was literally the way that you experienced God in many areas because you showed up to the table as a Jewish person sitting next to a Gentile. Never before in the history of man did, you, did they ever just engage with each other in a way that says, hey, we're brothers and sisters. And so Paul introduces this language that we're more like brothers and sisters than we are anything else. That's why we say we're brothers from another mother, right? Come on. Sisters from another mister. I never say that, but today I'm doing it. 
Like today, maybe that's when we start a new tradition. I'm going to say that. I don't know. Maybe not. Probably not. My wife is like, please don't say that. Yeah. <clears throat> but all throughout the essence of the church is this idea of love. And John, John uh, writes about this. He, he captures this idea in 1 John 4, where he talks about it like this. He says, in verse 7, it says, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. So again, they just in, in, into this new reality that these followers of Jesus had, these first followers of Jesus, love comes from God. He's introducing this idea that the source of their love for the people that are around them is not from them, it's from God. So let us continue to love one another. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. And he jumps down to verse 16, uh, verse 18 and says, such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. We love each other because he first loved us. And so he said, so he introduces this idea that love comes not from our own manner. Because how many know we need some help loving some people? Come on now, right? Like, come on, give me something to love because I'm having a hard time. Having a hard time. Maybe in Toys R Us line this week at some point. I don't know. Maybe just me. Okay, I'm school. Again, I'll I'll expose my sin in front of you all. You guys can judge me later. Um, But but, but sometimes we need help loving it. And if it's based off of us, then it'll fall short over time. We're not going to be able to do it. You know, everyone's, maybe it's something in our family, or maybe it's something at work, or maybe it's something just in our hobby or in place. It's, it's a test of the limit of our love. And he's saying, but, but if you can actually be in Christ and grow in him and practice this type of love, you will only grow in this type of love. That God is the source of it all, and we're able to pour out. And if we do pour out, that's the sign that God is in us. Isn't that amazing? That based off this reality, the ability to pour love out from us. And if you think about Jesus, that's all he did. It's all he did. Comes down from, from his spot in, in heaven where all things as God are, as, are as God intended them to be. And comes down and pours out his life on our behalf. And he's saying, okay, there's something about that that we can take and we can learn from, and, and that source, God's going to source that type of love into our life to allow us to pour that out into somebody else. I mean, that is incredible. But if you think about it in all reality, we have an ideal of love in Jesus. But how many times are you like, okay, really? The ideal? You're going to go after the ideal today? Why did it make me feel really awesome during this Christmas season, Right? Because the source, though, is not us. That means that we have to go to the source to learn how to do this. But I love what Paul does. Paul takes this idea and just tells us what the definition is. That's what I, sometimes we all need a little Paul in our life, right? Like, you know, just, just tell me what to do. I just want to do it. Just tell me what to do. In 1 Corinthians 13, maybe you heard it at the last 47 weddings that you attended. Um, but it's a, it's a chapter that we go to quite often for many different things. But what Paul is doing is he's taking this chapter and he's laying it down in the middle of the craziest church in history. 
crazy, like just nuts. If you know anything about the, the church of Corinth, I mean, they, if, they, if they knew what sin was, they defined it. Like they just knew how to have a screwed up church, right? And, it's, and, and so what Paul's doing, he's like, okay, wow, all right, I'm going to have to send them a long letter. Like I'm going to have to send them a long one because this is jacked up. And what he does is he puts all of them, I mean, he's like, he's going left and right. And he's like slicing and dicing. You say, don't do that. Start doing this. Say it this way. Make sure you look that way. And he's just kind of ordering everything out the way that it needs to be ordered out. But right in the middle of this book, he lays down this chapter on love. And this is what he says. He says, if I could speak all the languages of earth and, and of angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging symbol. He continues, he says that love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It's not irritable and it keeps no record of being wrong. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. And so right at the beginning, he says, if I could speak with all the tongues of, of men and of angels, and, and in this culture that Paul was speaking to, uh, like fluency of speech was, was shown as a sign of strength, that you were polished, that you had this ability to have a dialect that, that people would long for, whatever. And so he's saying, you know what? I could be the most strongest person in the world. I could be the strongest person that you've ever seen, full of strength, success, everything. I could have done all of that. But if I do it without love, I'm literally nothing more than an annoying piece of music. I could do all of that. But if I don't do it in love, and he's doing it to a church that like, he's showing a lot of love to, a lot of strong love to, he's saying, if you do all of this, man, like, what's the point? And so for us in this Christmas season, when we think about the idea of love, when we think about the idea of, of Christ coming and us learning how to do this well, When you think about the ideal that God is the source of our power and he can, the source of our love and we can begin to love other people in a strong way. And if we don't do something with love, we're nothing more than someone just hitting a symbol over and over and over again. And so the, the, the way that I kind of, I, I, I go to this verse quite often actually as a, as a tool of self-examination to say, okay, God, what, what are you doing in me? How, what do I need to grow? How do I need to learn to love? What do I need to do? And I go to this, and I've done this maybe a couple times since I've been, uh, been here at Community Covenant, and maybe you've seen it before. But this, what I tend to do is just, I kind of take the word love out and put my name in there. Right? No big deal, right? You just kind of take the word love out and put, the, the, put your name in there. And so I just threw this slide together for it as a tool of self-examination for you. Maybe if, instead of saying, okay, love is patient, love is kind, and you want to figure out how you're doing with love, kind of take the word love out and put your name in there and then begin to say, Brandon is patient. <laughs> yeah, we'll X that one right out, right? Like, like, like no way. Like, can I get an amen, right? Like, like oh, wow, okay. You can take the word love out and say, Brandon is kind, like, ugh, oh, okay. oh, yeah, thanks for whoever just, <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. Brandon is not jealous, right? Brandon is not boastful. Brandon's not proud. Brandon's not rude. And what I love about some translations, they say, instead of rude, they say dishonor. 
Brandon does not dishonor people. And you begin to work through 1 Corinthians 13, not as this like self-removed idea that love is something that we talk about but that we don't really do, right? But it's something that we can actually act on and grow in. And if God's the source of this power, we can grow in our love according to 1 John 4. If we can grow in it, and this is what Paul says love is, then we begin to see these things make their way into our life as we become more and more like Christ. And so today, I just ask you, where are you at? Where are you at? 1 Corinthians 13, it just simply, says, it just simply says it right there. If, if, if this is what love is, if love is patient, how's your patience? If love is not boastful, how, how are you doing with that? And receiving glory and praise from somebody else because of your accomplishments and you having to tell people. I mean, continue on. Like, Brandon is not irritable. I don't know if my wife's in the room or not, but Brandon keeps no record of wrong. Brandon does not rejoice in injustice, but, but rejoices in the truth. And you begin to interact with this differently, right? You take the word love out and you put your name in there, and you begin to see the work that God does in the midst of someone that wants to become more like him, that wants to show up the way that Jesus showed up. I mean, Jesus pursued us when we weren't like this at all. And yet in his love, in his kindness, in his patience with us, he simply washes us to become more like him. And here's the deal. Sometimes love, we, we get this idea of love, that love is this, like, this major action, right? That we're constantly like having to drive it, having to pour out, having to do all this sort of thing, right? But sometimes what we do when we're not loving, it's not just about saying, no, I hate this or no, I don't like this. It's really sometimes about the indifference that we show towards someone or something. When we create space, we create space all the time with our body, with our faces, with, our, with, with, with or without our words. We create these spaces. And what we're really doing, when we love, we're pouring ourselves into whoever we find in that space with us. But when we're indifferent, we pull ourselves out and leave that person alone. Sometimes we don't have to tell them we hate them. We can just stand there. Right? You say, oh, no, I'm just, I'm just being quiet. And every mom said amen, right? Like, that's why it's like classic mom time, right? Like, 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 my mom didn't need to say anything. She just, oh, okay, I got you. I got you. Like, we're, just, we're talking. I got you. We're communicating at this point. But when we love, we're not indifferent. When we love, we're for something. We celebrate truth. He, he says he's, we celebrate truth. When was the last time you celebrated truth? Like we celebrated, like threw a party for the fact that there's health, for the fact that there's truth. Sometimes indifference doesn't have, sometimes our indifference creates the space that tells us that we're not loving. Sometimes we feel like all we have to do is say, no, we don't like that. But no, sometimes our indifference to it will create that. And so what, what, what First John's talking about, okay, this source of power, this source of love doesn't come from you. It comes from Christ. And so if you're in Christ, if you declare him as Lord over your life, that he, then he, he will give you this real, like this true sense of love. 
And then the more and more that you interact with this love and pour this love out, he, John says that we grow in this love. And this Paul talks about this love being kind and patient and not boastful and rejoicing in the truth. And so simply we say back, and, and where are we? Where are we when it comes to our love? We talk about being in the Christmas spirit week in, week out, right? Be like, oh, yeah, I'm so glad it snowed and I bought some gifts and I'm listening to, you know, listening to some, uh, you know, maybe Andrea Bocelli on the car, right? I don't know if you're there. Like everyone's like, Andrea who? Like, but I'm listening to some, you know, Light 105 and I got some stuff running and everything's feeling like pretty Christmas spirity, right? But really this idea comes from concept of love. And so when you're in week in, week out, when we pray for one even, God, give me someone that we can share your love with today. It's not something that we're indifferent about. It's something that we pour out into. It's something that we show up with kindness and with love, without boasting, celebrating truth, enduring through every circumstance. And so over the course of this week, I just challenge you, when you read 1 Corinthians 13, or maybe just take some time in 1 Corinthians 13 in your chair time tomorrow morning, and when you take your first 15 minutes just to pray and to read, look at 1 Corinthians 13, write this out, put your name in there, and then figure out which one you need to work on for the next month. Be like, I need, just need to work on one for the next year of my life, right? If you're anything like me, that's how I roll. I'm like, I'm just going to take one. Not low achiever, low, low goals, right? Low goals. But maybe, it's, maybe this year it's just, you know what, I need to work on my patience this year. I'm, I am irritable, and I need to not be. And then the love of Christ is going to shape me and change me in that manner. Maybe for you it's, I need to not give up this year. Have you ever thought about that before? Like, this year I need to not give up. Like, I need to have, I have a goal, or maybe I have some sort of, I just need to not give up this year. And that's how the love of Christ is going to flow through me. Or this year, maybe it's enduring through every circumstance. And like the story you just heard, it's enduring. It's like, you know, I need to, this is going to be an endurance year. It's not going to be a growth year. I'm not going to like make double my money. I'm not going to do, I just need to endure this year. This is going to be a one step at a time, an inch at a time. Maybe for you, it's, hey, I'm going to not be rude (laughs) and dishonor people. And that might mean deleting your Facebook account, right? That just might be, that might be your major step this week. Like, I just, I, you know, I should take this away from me. You know, like, just, maybe, but maybe for you, pouring love out means that you're not going to dishonor people. But whatever it is, I believe that when we long for the coming of Christ and the restoration of all things, he's going to use the way that we love here in this community and here through this community as a way to bring heaven down to earth and the ways to, to make sure all things are restored as we become more like Christ. And so if that's the way he's going to do that, it's through the manner in which we're loved. No male, no female, no, no Jew, no Gentile, no slave or free. If that's the way he's going to do that, where are you today? Brandon is patient. Brandon is kind. And allow God to let you grow in the love that he's given you. And so today what we're going to do, I, sometimes we just need a reset, don't we? 
Like we're so busy this time of year and sometimes we come to church and, and like, oh, I just, you know what I really love today? You know what I really want to do? I want to sit through a 50-minute teaching on something, right? Like you, nobody probably said that this morning as you walked into our church gathering. <laughs> like I just want to hear Brandon talk for 50 minutes this morning. No, sometimes we, what, we, what we wanted to do today is simply, you know, give a shorter teaching and have some more arts so that we can just take time to breathe and rest. And sometimes that's when the Spirit does most of its work, most of his work. Like we're reading, we're constantly searching, or maybe, maybe we're just always singing, always thinking, always speaking. But sometimes space, quiet, silence, or just being normal and not running and chasing and pursuing, sometimes just in our space, in our sitting, in our stillness, God meets us and grows us to become more like him. And so that's what we want to do today, just kind of reset and allow Christ to be the source of love in our hearts so that we can show one person who, uh, show one person his love this week so we can begin to become more like him and change him. So uh, what we're going to do is we're going to have the band and some other people come up, and we're going to end with a good old carol sing. Come on, can I get an amen, right? Like, yeah, we're like, you know, sometimes we love these carols. Sometimes we wait for the end of the month. And, and, uh, but what we're going to do is just going to sing some carols together and, and allow Christ to be Lord over our heart and minister to us in some restful time and hang out. And just, so just feel free to, like, kind of hang out, sit down for a bit, and sing along with us. But, hey, let's pray as they, as they get set up. Let's pray. Jesus. We, um, we know you're the source of our love. We know you're the source of our love. And so God, I pray that you remind us of that when we feel like our love is running short, that you can refuel us, that you can be, make us more like you. And God, I pray today that we can find ourselves on, this, on this, uh, this definition of love, this in 1 Corinthians 13, find ourselves somewhere and, and submit to you working in our hearts and working in our lives and working in our minds. Uh, so that we can become more uh, of a loving person in a way or two. God, I pray, I pray in, in all of these things that we can learn uh, just the idea that you create spaces for people and that you've asked us to fill those with your love. That like intentionally loving someone, intentionally moving towards someone. God, I pray that you help us see that and do that this, this, uh, this holiday season. Help us create some rest time, some, some, some space in our, own, in our own schedules, in our own lives, just so that we can see you at work, um, not only in us personally, but through us missionally, as we create spaces for people to experience your love. God, give us one person to share your love with this week. In your name we pray, amen.